This podcast was brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on Sirius XM. Welcome back to Launchpad on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School, Sirius XM Channel 132. I'm your host, Carl Ulrich, and I'm Vice Dean of Entrepreneurship and Innovation at Wharton. On today's show, I'm speaking with several of the semifinalists of the Penn Wharton Entrepreneurship Startup Challenge coming up on May 1st. I'm very lucky to be joined now in our virtual studio by the co-founders of Mar Designs, Rebecca Lee, Michael Sobrepera, and Ariella Mansfield. Rebecca, Michael, and Ariella, welcome to Launchpad. Thank you. All right, uh, Michael, give us the elevator pitch for Mar Designs. Sure, so cerebral palsy is the most common motor disorder in young children. Uh, it affects over three quarters of a million people in the United States. And the most common form is spastic cerebral palsy where uh, muscles in the body involuntarily contract uh, preventing people from being able to do activities of daily living. Uh, orthoses are what's generally used to solve this problem, but they're incredibly uncomfortable. They're generally prescribed to be worn at night, uh, but they cause fights between kids and their parents, uh, and we've seen this in the clinic. So what we are doing is developing a new orthosis that is dynamic. So whereas traditional ones are static and you have to stretch into them, our orthosis allows you to put it on comfortably and then actively stretches you out once you fall asleep. Um, and so this provides better compliance, which will lead to long-term better outcomes uh, and prevent some of the strife that you see in the families. All right, Rebecca, tell us a little bit, orthoses, orthotics. I mean, it tells a little bit more specifically, what does this thing look like? And how do you, how, what does the existing solution look like and how is yours different? So the existing solution is basically, imagine a rigid piece of plastic kind of like taped to your arm and the whole point of that is that you, um, people who experience uh, spastic cerebral palsy, palsy, they can't bend their, they can't straighten out their wrist and they need kind of that assistance to stretch it out. Um, but you can imagine like, say you can't touch your toes or something like that. And then I go and force you into a position where you can touch your toes and then I tell it, and then I force you to be like that all night. That's kind of what the current like stretching um, orthotic is like. And so what we have instead is we add a little actuator to the wrist so that it so that you can be kind of in like a bent wrist position when you're falling asleep and then once you actually are asleep that'll like very slowly open you up over the course of the night and you can also do progressive treatment so maybe today we're only going to like you know 120 degrees but you know by the end of the month we'll be able to go to like 180 degrees and so our device is really giving you that flexibility by actuating that joint um, as opposed to current things, which is just like, you know, we just mold a piece of plastic and then come back in six months. And, you know, the first, you know, few weeks or months of using this might be extremely painful, disrupting your sleep um, in general, being something that's very hard to don and doff and really causing a lot of strife between parents and their children who are the parents who are trying to put it on and get the treatment. And the kids are like, just like, I just want to live my life. So. So, so tell us, for those of us who don't know the disease very well, is it, is it, fundamentally confined to a wrist, or is that just your initial focus in terms of body area? Is the disease confined to wrists, or is that just where you're focusing? Um, so it's an entire motor disorder, so it can affect various parts of the body. So it also, it also it's commonly seen in like um, legs as well. So you'll just have like, in, in essence, like with spasticity, you'll have like a lot of increased mu muscle tension. Um, 
but yeah, it can affect wrists. It, it, it particularly also affects the fingers as well. It can affect legs and also gait um, with that. So usually also there's a big focus on um, creating braces such that you can walk as well. But we're focusing on the wrist because it's like a place where we were able to prototype really easily. So I see. I got it. Um, and and just one quick medical follow bit of medical follow up. Is, is it typically confined to a single joint or would you envision a child would have to have a whole series of orthoses on many joints? Uh, I think Michael might know the answer to that a little bit better. Yeah, so it's variable. Cerebral palsy is really a family of disorders. And so depending on where the lesion occurs in the brain, because it's a result of a brain lesion, you can have various different effects. So anywhere from one joint all the way up to, you know, all four limbs. Okay. All right. Ariella, tell us where the origin story and uh, the idea and then how you, you three of you came together. So I'll tell how the three of us came together, but then I'm actually going to pivot again to Michael because okay. the inspiration for this uh, for this application was actually from Michael's work. Um, we we were actually inspired through the Rothberg Catalyzer, which is another uh, really amazing competition at Penn, trying to innovate in the medical device space. Uh, and Michael and I got together and we're trying to brainstorm ideas of how can we make an impact within medical devices using our expertise. Uh, and as we were brainstorming, he told me this story uh, that I'll let him tell in a minute. Uh, and Rebecca is just an amazing innovator who I know through my work in robotics labs. Uh, we, we both work in a different robotics lab at Penn, uh, but through that, I've, she's done the Y Prize before, and we knew that she's great at these this type of thinking. So we wanted her to join our team, and we were thrilled when she agreed, and that's how we were able to progress through the Rothberg Catalyzer and win that competition as our first initial push-off. Uh, Michael, right, do you want to make tell your inspiration for how you knew about the space? I, w I want Michael to do that. Let me just quickly interject. It, it, if I read these these uh, credentials right, you are all three currently graduate students in engineering at, at the University of Pennsylvania. Is that correct? Yeah. That's okay. correct. Yes, that is correct. All right, Michael, give us, give us the origin story. All right. So uh, I work in the cerebral palsy space day to day, and I was shadowing in a clinic over at CHOP, the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. And in these, uh, this clinic, they have patients who will come in for the whole day and they see a bunch of clinicians at once. And I just kept hearing stories over and over and over again about parents having like serious fights with their children, right? Where uh, the child, these orthoses are prescribed for sleeping or for while you're sleeping. And so while trying to fall asleep, the, the kids just couldn't do it with these orthoses on. So they'd be ripping them off and their parents would be getting upset because they know that these are critical for their long-term care. And so this friction would develop and it would grow and grow and grow. Uh, and, and this kind of is one portion of a larger experience for these families where you end up, I, there was one family I heard talking about how they needed to send their kid out to like an away home type thing, right? Because that this sort of disorder is so all encompassing that you really, it, it takes an entire parent. And I think since that point, we've actually talked to a lot more patients and a lot more parents uh, and the rest of the team has heard stories about, you know, parents who have to to quit their jobs and things like that to take care of a kid who has CP. But really, one of the 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 focal point that I saw in these clinics over and over and over again was these orthoses. And I talked to some of the clinicians and asked them to show them to me. And really, the reality was they hadn't been in, innovated on in you know 30 plus years. And uh, they would mention that occasionally something would come along, but it just wasn't well ex executed. And so uh, they were using the same technology that they were. Uh, decades ago. 
And so, Michael, just a quick follow up. So the big idea, if I understood what Rebecca said, is you put the orthotic on in a position in which the wrist is more naturally comfortable, and then you use an active device, an actuator, something to move the, the, the orthotic into the desired position, but you do it slowly. Is that the big idea? That's uh, fundamentally correct, yeah. So, and contrasting that to what's currently done where you have a rigid fixed piece that you have to manually stretch yourself into, right? So instead mm -hmm. of manually stretching yourself before you fall asleep, uh, you can go in your in your contracted position into the orthosis, fall asleep, and then it will stretch you out later gradually. All right. Well, Rebecca, just before we started the interview, Michael threw you under the bus and said you have been handling mostly the business aspect. So talk a little bit about about business. So you you three are are engineering graduate students. You realize this opportunity out there in the world. At what point did you start thinking about this as a business, and what is the business? Yeah, so I think um, all of us were very surprised, but also excited when we won the Rothbard Catalyzer. And that kind of really tipped us off that that when we were there talking to clinicians um, and also like people who are in, in more of the medical device development space, they were actually really, really excited about our product. And so we were like, okay, cool. Like, let's actually see if we can um, spin this out. And so we entered the Wharton Startup Challenge as well as doing... Um, an additional program called NSF iCore, and what NSF iCore is about is a lot more um, customer discovery. And so through that, we've been having a lot of interviews with clinicians, with parents, and really seeing that like this is this is something which people really want. Um, so kind of where we are right now, as far as our venture, is we're definitely like pre-financing, and we're definitely still um, kind of like developing what exactly are like the key features that we need to add. Or, or change about our product before before we go into full production mode. Um, especially in this like COVID-19 era, it's a little bit hard to do physical prototyping. Um, so, but yeah, so we're in that like pre sort of pre-funding stage and then hopefully once things are a little bit looser um, with uh, with social distancing and working, then, then hopefully we can get in there and do a lot more hardware prototypes and, and deliver them to um, deliver them to clinics. Yeah, so Ariel, let me just, follow up on that or have you follow up on that? How do you work with customers in order to refine a design like this, an opportunity to address an opportunity like this? Yeah. So uh, it's been really interesting to talk to uh, the different key stakeholders in this process. Uh, and some that is uh, parents of kids with cerebral palsy, some that is orthopedic surgeons uh, and uh, specifically ones who uh, focus on kids uh, in upper uh, extremities, uh, and also physical therapists. Um, and uh, one, in, and through that, I mean, we've gotten really interesting feedback that's helped us refine what are the core uh, features that we would want in our design. So one example I can give you is understanding, we, we had this idea and we mentioned before about uh, sensing when the child falls asleep, uh, Incorporating sensors to us seemed like just a small little nice added feature, but we've really heard from clinicians how this would be a game changer for them. There's such a uh, such little data about the orthotic space from the clinician's perspective that the ability to get any data for the clinicians would be a game changer. And also for the parents, they know so little, they spend so much time and effort in helping their children put on these orthotics, carrying them whenever they go from place to place. Uh, 
but they have they get very little feedback of whether or not it works, how it works, and what it, how their child is actually progressing real time. And we hope we can incorporate all of that into our initial designs. Great. Okay. Well, uh, we're unfortunately out of time, but this is a terrific project. Um, Michael, how can we, how can our listeners learn more about what you're doing? Where can they go to learn more? Uh, so we are early on. We do have a website that's mar-designs.com. Okay. Um, and mar. So yep. mar-designs.com. Perfect. That's right. And that will kind of we're going to keep posting news as we go. Uh, we got a little bit up there, but we'll we'll keep posting so people can stay Great. up to date. And then Great. if they want to learn more, please reach out if they uh if they're parents who of uh, kids with CP or clinicians, we'd love to talk to them. All right. Well, good luck out there. And, and thanks very much for making the time. Thank you. Thank you. I'm Carl Ulrich, Vice Dean of Entrepreneurship and Innovation at Wharton. Launchpad is produced by Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. You can find more episodes of this podcast on SoundCloud or on iTunes. Insight from Business Radio, please visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.